Hello everyone, I'm Captain Logan and this is Superhero Rewind. Before the film begins, a title card informs us that this presentation is how Superman 2 was originally intended. In fact, it's as close to the original intention as is humanly possible with the footage available, as Richard Donner shot his portions of Superman 2 while working on the first film, and wasn't allowed to finish before he was replaced with Richard Lester. About 20% of this cut uses films shot by Lester to fill in the gaps where Donner footage simply doesn't exist. Many of these scenes, especially with Zod, Ursa, and Nan attacking a small town, would have been done much differently had Donner shot them. And he also mentions in the commentary that several of the scenes he did shoot, especially with Brando, he would like to have been able to reshoot, since he was rushed for time when he did them. This cut also includes screen tests for a scene that is integral to this version but was never filmed, and an ending that really isn't fully realized. Suffice it to say, it's an incomplete cut, but still a much better version than Lester's, even as is. And it's just a treat to see all of these scenes fans had always heard about, but never expected would ever surface. One of the major things that makes Donner's version better is what's left out from the Lester version. No more telekinesis beams, or giant plastic S-shields, or Mount Zodmore. The really silly stuff is gone, and that makes it so much easier to focus on what's important. Donner invented the superhero movie mantra that the best superhero films have followed since this. The characterization comes first, and the superpowers come second. There's still plenty of action in this movie, and in fact a lot of it is quite a bit better, but there's still a purpose to all of it. There isn't anything like that giant terrorist plot just for the sake of action, and of course that also makes the movie better paced. Even though it isn't fully realized, each scene in this cut moves logically and appropriately into the next one, like paragraphs in a good novel. The most noticeable change is the drastically different opening, which is such an improvement over the Lester cut. Here, finally, we get to see Jarrell condemning Zod, Ursa, and Nan to the Phantom Zone, just as the first Superman film opens with. But it isn't just lifted frame for frame from the first film. There are some new angles, and it's extended. Then, we see the two films really come together as baby Kal-El's ship passes the Phantom Zone in space. There's also this wonderful special effect where the camera passes through the glass for a moment, and we see the three Kryptonians inside the zone itself. And finally, we see that Superman's actions from the first movie, throwing the missile into space, has consequences, because that's what breaks the Phantom Zone. I love how interconnected Donner makes the two movies, and I don't understand why Lester had to change that. And instead of revisiting scenes from the first film through the opening credits, we get a credit sequence similar to that in the first film, traveling through space and seeing the cast and crew's names fly toward us, which is one of the things that always stuck out for me as a kid with the original. And the scene directly following the opening credits is new, and one of the best changes, partly because the incident with Lex Luthor and the missiles is talked about right away, to show that this movie happens just after the previous one. Lois has already figured out Clark as Superman within the first couple minutes of the movie. She draws Clark's hat, suit, and glasses over a picture of Superman in the paper, and decides right away she's going to prove she's right. This is a brilliant way to open the movie. Get right at the heart of the matter. You make it look like just another cute Daily Planet office scene, like you're going to just get the audience back into this universe again, and then just when you least expect it, Lois throws herself out a window. Just like the Niagara Falls scene in the other cut, she figures Clark will turn into Superman and rescue her. Except this is better, because it happens right away and the audience really doesn't see it coming. But it isn't jarring either, because after all, we know these characters. The first film sets up everything in this universe so nicely that there's no reason not to just jump in with both feet in the sequel. We've got a universe, now it's time to really play with it and have some fun. So Clark cleverly cushions her fall by using his super breath and then his heat vision to drop an awning for her to bounce off of, then runs back upstairs and stands in the office window like he's been there the whole time. So cool. 
They still go to Niagara Falls in this version, but Lois doesn't throw herself into the water. When she gets a glimpse of Clark without his glasses, she realizes she might still be right. But she can't just try the same thing she did before, so in their hotel room, she shoots Clark with a gun to force him to reveal he's Superman. This is the scene that was hobbled together with footage of both Christopher Reeve's and Margot Kidder's screen tests. And although it's inconsistent, and Christopher Reeve looks 50 pounds lighter because he hadn't muscled up for the role yet, and their hair is all different, and the room is too small, and blah 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 blah, it's so cool this existed at all, or the Donner Cut really wouldn't have turned out anything like right. Lois gets perhaps her best line of the franchise here when she says, I made a mistake because I risked my life instead of yours. She's turned into a wonderfully clever character here because Clark thinks she really shot him and tells her that if she'd been wrong, Clark Kent would be dead. But of course, she would never really shoot someone, and it turns out to be a blank. I have such a better appreciation for Lois after this scene. She's witty, she's clever, and I see why Superman is enamored with her. Donner had to shoot all of Marlon Brando's scenes for both movies at the same time, so all the Jarrell footage was available, and it looks amazing. I love the choice of having Jarrell's head floating at various sizes around the fortress instead of being locked inside of a big crystal like Laura's was in Lester's version. And he's not just here for the sake of exposition. As I mentioned in the Lester review, Donner saw these two movies as one big epic, and together they're supposed to be a father-son story. It was Jarrell who sent his son to Earth, not Laura, and with that comes, of course, lots of religious allegory, which just doesn't work when you replace Jarrell with Laura. He's actually disappointed with his son for choosing to be with Lois instead of fulfilling the mission that Jarrell gave him. Jarrell says, is this how you will repay their gratitude? He calls Clark selfish. And when he asks Jarrell, will there ever come a time when I've served enough? Jarrell says, yours is a higher happiness. You don't feel like he's just talking to an automated message here. He's having a real argument with his father. He wants something and his father says no. But he defies his father, and although Jarrell doesn't want to, he gives his son the means to take away his powers, ultimately because it's the only way to show him how important he is to Earth, how big of a mistake this is. Now, a lot of this is still there in the Lester cut, but it's so much more elegant and meaningful as a son defying his father. When he returns to the fortress and calls for his father, which he does in the other cut, but it's weird because Brando isn't in a single frame, Jarrell walks up to him, fully formed, and though we don't entirely understand it, it's beautifully epic and dramatic. Jarrell touches Clark and the screen fills with white light. Now, I don't get exactly how this gives Clark his powers back, nor do I know why the green crystal is the only method left available for him to speak with Jarrell again, but it doesn't happen off-screen like it does in the other version, and how it works isn't nearly as important as what it means. Clark has to do something a lot of men can probably relate to, to say, Dad, you were right. I was selfish and I didn't listen. I'm sorry. That relationship is the most human thing in both movies, and it's awesome, because they're both aliens. The three Kryptonians are made more menacing, not by what's added, but by the silliness left out. Donner unfortunately didn't shoot as much with them as Lester did. There are some small bits added back in, and I was especially surprised by one in the White House in which Zod picks up a gun and starts shooting people with a big grin on his face. These humans are nothing to him, and of course, he doesn't need weapons, but it's amusing to him that the means by which they're trying to kill him do absolutely nothing to him, but one shot from those same weapons and they drop like flies. There's still a sense of humor in Terrence Stamp's performance, though, especially in the scenes with Lex. And Lex, by the way, has a few little bits added back in as well. I don't understand the logic of dropping Donner. Lester was added to make the movie less serious and more lighthearted, yet some of Lex's funnier lines got cut out. This version has plenty of comedy, but it's also more sophisticated, better paced, more epic, and more consistent. Clearly, this was a huge mistake in judgment. When I got to the end of this movie the first time, 
I was really disappointed with it until I did my homework. Sadly, you can't watch Superman 1 and then the Donner Cut together and expect that four-hour epic that was intended. If you do, you end up with Superman turning the world backwards to change things twice, and that's really lame. The reason that's here again is because, originally, that's where it was supposed to be. Donner hadn't intended for it to be in the first movie at all, but the studio apparently liked the effect and asked him to find a way to incorporate it into the first one. The ending of that movie was supposed to be that the missile Superman throws into space hits the Phantom Zone, the Kryptonians get released, and then a title card that says, Superman will return in Superman 2. It was supposed to be a cliffhanger. Then, at the end of 2, he would spin the world back to save Lois, who falls into one of the chasms of the fortress or something. They never shot any of that, so in this cut, it's not real clear why exactly he spins the world back. What it accomplishes is that, of course, Lois doesn't know he's Superman anymore, and he never makes the mistake of getting rid of his powers, and the three Kryptonians don't kill anyone or cause a bunch of property damage. But it's hard to tell which of those reasons is really why he does this. I certainly like it a lot better than the Magic Kiss, and it also means that Superman technically doesn't kill the Kryptonians since they're shown back in the Phantom Zone. What I don't like about it is that the whole movie didn't really happen for anyone but Superman and the audience, and you have to imagine the first movie with a different ending to really appreciate it. It's also very inconsistent that in the final scene when Clark returns to the diner where he was beat up without his powers, everyone seems to recognize him, and the owner talks about all the damage that was caused last time. But they shouldn't remember any of that, because Superman spun the world back and it didn't happen. I'm especially confused by this since Donner filmed both diner scenes himself. Finally, the only thing I kind of miss from Lester's version is that one of the final images there is Superman flying with the American flag and putting it back on top of the White House. Since Superman has always been seen as the consummate American hero, that's iconic. But of course, it couldn't go in this version because Superman altered time so that the White House was never destroyed. I'd love to give the Donner cut full marks, but being an incomplete cut, I'm going to have to go with a 3.5 out of 4. I'm sure the movie with 100% Donner footage made exactly as he had intended it would have been a 4. Bye.